pastor's been asking me. He's been teaching on praying for a door of utterance for uh, several weeks now. And uh, I don't know how many that is. But anyway, uh, he's been asking me, Debbie, don't you have something you want to talk about on praying for a door of utterance? And I said, no, you're doing a great job. I'm really enjoying it. And I have been. I love to hear people teach on prayer. In fact, that's probably my greatest subject I'd like to listen to. So I've really been enjoying the last few weeks. But at the end of last week, one morning, God just kind of dropped a little something down in me on praying for utterance, praying for a door of utterance. So first of all, what I want us to do tonight is go to all the scriptures where it talks about um Hallelujah, uh, utterance. And so we're going to start with Acts 2 4. I think Pastor may have gone to all of these. I'm not sure if he went to every one of them. I know his his golden text was Colossians 4 3, and we'll get to that one last. So Acts 2 4, uh, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so I was just looking up all the words, and there's only, don't, don't worry, because there's only five scriptures that have the word utterance in the whole Bible. And so... Uh, I was look, I just wanted to look up all the scriptures that use that word because I thought it would tell us something. And so that word utterance is a different Greek word than all the other four scriptures. This one in Acts 2-4. And the, I can't even pronounce the Greek word that it is, but what it means is enunciation. And so it's the Spirit that gives us enunciation when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? So turn over now to 1 Corinthians 1-5. And I was pretty amazed at this. I, I just, when I found out the meaning of this word utterance, as, uh, so 1 Corinthians 1, 5, it says uh, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. And verse 4 says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Now, in this scripture and in all the other three that we're going to read, the word utterance is the word logos. And I found that to be very interesting that this is the word logos. And uh, we'll talk about what that means a little more in depth later. But right now, just to start out, logos means divine expression. So God is enriching us with divine expression. Hallelujah. Let's go to Second uh, Corinthians. You're pretty close over to chapter um, 8. And verse 7, <clears throat> therefore, as ye abound in everything, see, we're supposed to be abounding in everything, right? In faith and utterance, logos, which is divine expression, we abound in divine expression, hallelujah, bet you didn't know you were abounding in divine expression, hallelujah, and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. And the grace that he says, see you abound in is the grace of giving, we know. Go, okay, turn to Ephesians 6, 19. And Paul here uh, uh, tells us, well, let's first start in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So he's telling us to pray. And for me, so he's saying, and pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. 
that therefore I in that therefore that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So that word's logos. So he says, pray for me that I will have divine logos, divine expression. Hallelujah. That I will have utterance, that a divine expression will be given unto me, and that I may speak it boldly. And then over Colossians 4 3, with all praying also, and this is Paul telling us here too how to pray, what to pray, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. And we also looked, I believe we looked at this with Pastor. I'm not trying to. Uh, I think he covered most of this, but I just couldn't remember exactly, so I'll go back over it. But that word door there, that door means, uh, let me see, I've got it wrote down here somewhere. <laughs> well, anyway, it's, it's an opening, a portal. I can't even find it in my notes, but it's, a, it's an opening, it's a portal, it's a, it's a door. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's an opening, a portal. And he said, pray that I would have an opening, that I would have a portal the end to, to speak a door of utterance. And that uh, utterance there is also the word logos, divine expression. So I think we need to talk about tonight, what is a door of utterance? And Pastor covered a lot of this, but I'm going to go back over it. There's a lot of ways to look at this door of utterance. And when we pray for a door of utterance, um, we can we are actually believing for, we can believe for several different things. First of all, um, a door of utterance could be, you could pray for, a door of utterance uh, for you to speak into somebody's life. Father, give me a door of utterance to speak into their life. I know there's been many times when I felt like God had laid something on my heart for somebody, but you just can't walk up and say, you know, you're doing that wrong. You know, or, you know, it's just not. And so what you need is God to open you a door of utterance. And so a lot of times I will pray that God will give me a door of utterance and then they will say something to me and they will open the door for me to be able to say something that I feel like that, that would just help them. And, you know, and, 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 and so we need to pray for a door of utterance into people's lives. You need to pray for a door of utterance into your children's life. Now, you know, if they're three years old, you don't have to sit around and wait for a door of utterance. But if they're 17 or 18 years old, it's like God, uh, pastor always says you can't mold clay when it's dry. You know, it'll break, you know, and uh, you, you really need a door of utterance and you need to be able to, to, to get their hearts. It doesn't do any good for you to just pound words on. Now, I know I did that plenty to Eric where I just pounded words on him, you know, just and, and but what's even better is if God, if we're if, if our hearts are both open when you're trying to talk to your children. Do you know what I'm saying? So you need to pray for a door of utterance there. You know, the same with your wife. Did you ever need to tell your wife something? You need to pray for a door of utterance because if you don't get a door of utterance from God, she's going to be madder than an old wet hen because you told her something. I mean, I, if it's been my experience that, you know, Hallelujah. And it's been my experience the other way, too, that if I need to tell uh, my husband something in, in two different ways, if I need to tell him something as pastor, I need a door of utterance. But if I just need to tell him something about, you know, would you qu please quit doing like 
of course, I don't even know. He just doesn't do anything wrong. His mother, he never left a dirty sock in the floor because his mother had him so well trained. But, you know, you may have a husband that's uh, throwing his suit in the floor or throwing, you know, and you may think, I, I want to say something. But you know what you need? You need a door of utterance in order to say it, in order to get anything done. Otherwise, it's just a big fight. Does anybody know about that, or is that only the way it is at our house? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, some people know. And then even a friend, sometimes you need a door of utterance, you know, to speak into their life. Even if they don't heed it, you know, God wants something spoken into people's lives. Yeah. Because one day they're going to stand before God and say, God, I, don't, I married that guy and he was mean to me. And he's going to say, yeah, but uh, Annette told you. And you're gonna, he's, they're going to go, oh, you know, because I've known a lot of times when, uh, you know, it's so don't feel like it's not time to speak just because they didn't receive it. Amen. And then also, praise God. <clears throat> We need doors of utterance for, for those things. And, it, you know, uh, there's people that need doors of utterance into high places like into government places and into even, you know, somebody's got to speak into the president's life. Do you know everybody has to be able to receive from somebody and a lot of people are in the position where there's nobody to speak into their life. And so, you know, they, somebody, there's a door of utterance needed. Uh, I know I'm thinking about, uh, like, um, well, you know, for instance, let's just take Brother Hagen. Who could have spoken to Brother Hagen's life? I mean, it's going to take a supernatural door of utterance. So that brings me to the next part, which is sometimes you need to pray for a door of utterance for someone to speak into your life. And so especially like somebody like Brother Hagen, you know, he knows that, that, that he, it's out of divine order for one of those students to correct him. It had been out of divine order for even a, most preachers to correct him. Now, in the early days, it wouldn't because there was preachers that had been in the ministry longer than him and had an equal or greater anointing than him. But not just anybody can speak into everybody's life. But I still need people speaking in my life. He needed people speaking in his life. And so, it's, and, I, and so it's up to me to pray, and it's up to you to pray, that a door of utterance be opened into your life so that you can hear what God needs you to hear. And that doesn't just mean that somebody necessarily will speak, but it, all, but it does mean it means other things. It means God will open the door of the Word into your life and speak to you Himself. He'll, the Holy Ghost will speak. But you know, sometimes one of the reasons God uses somebody to speak in our our life is because we're not hearing what he's saying. We're just not hearing. Not that even we mean not to hear, but sometimes just because we have a set way of thinking, we, we have a cultural way of thinking. Sometimes we have a family way of thinking. We can have a male way of thinking, or we could have a female way of thinking. Did y'all ever notice that that kind of is different sometimes? How males and females think? And so what I need is, a, you know, I need a door of utterance into my life. I need somebody to speak into my life. So I can pray, Lord, open a door of utterance into my life. It, you know, if I'm seeking wisdom in some area. 
You know, where natural human wisdom won't do. See, because the door of utterance is more than me just walking up to somebody and saying, you know, what do you think about uh, me doing so-and-so? Well, if you if you just walk up to somebody and say that, hallelujah, sometimes what you'll get is you'll just get natural human wisdom. But I need, I don't want natural human wisdom. I want a door of utterance opened into my life. Okay. And then sometimes we need to pray for a door of utterance to preach the gospel. When pastor, when God opened the jail up to him, now the jail was always there and brother Carlton had been going a long time and brother Carlton, uh, I don't know if he had ever talked to pastor about going, but, uh, you know, it just like one day about a year and a half ago, it was like that door just flew open to pastor. And he said, and so, but as, so as we pray for a door of utterance to preach the gospel, hallelujah, it opens to us. Amen. And it'll open for you too. And then we some we need to pray for a door of utterance to witness to someone. Those of you that have gone on evangelism outreach, sometimes you know when the door's just not open. They're just not open. They're just, but sometimes the door is open and it's like it's wide open. It's more than open, you know. And so we need a door of utterance to witness to people. You may know somebody special, you know, that lives next door to you or something, and you know they're not saved. But you, so you need to start praying that God give you a door of utterance into their lives. So that's a way to pray about the door of utterance. Um, uh, we need a door of utterance in prayer. Now we can get up and pray and we can just uh, pray in tongues. We can, uh, we can go through uh, and pray our scriptures and declare scriptures and all of that's good. And we should do all of that. But I like to go to another place in prayer where I have a door of utterance open to me in prayer where I pray out of my spirit instead of my head in a situation. Because you can even pray the scriptures out of your head. In other words, you can say, okay, this person's having marriage problems. Now, what are the scriptures on that? And find the scriptures on it. But more than that, I would like, and I'd like to do that. And that would be a good thing to do. But even beyond that, I would like a door of utterance in prayer open to me so that something by the Holy Spirit comes out uh, of me. And, and you know, and hallelujah, we need to always be having this door of utterance in prayer open to us. Because when it is, we will speak supernatural words under a supernatural anointing and we'll get the job done a whole lot faster. And so that's important to pray for a door of utterance in prayer. We need a door of utterance to decree and declare things. You know, uh, just be praying along and all of a sudden just have a, uh, just a, an unction to just command something, to declare something. And, uh, uh, then we also oftentimes need a door of utterance where healing is concerned. Now, we know we uh, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And we're all walking in that and practicing that walk of faith where we've believed we received. We are also taking, according to Proverbs 4, verse 20, our healing medicine. I'm taking healing medicine twice a day. And I tell you, it's changing my life. It's making a difference. Uh, the Bible says, according to Proverbs 4, 20, that my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let 
them not depart from thy sight. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. And that Hebrew word health is medicine. And so they are, I always like to say, they're life, health, and medicine to my flesh. And so we are doing that. But at the same time, we can be believing God for a door of utterance where healing is concerned, especially when your sickness is caused by something demonic. And oftentimes, sickness is caused by something demonic, but not all the time. I mean, you know, if you've caught, um, I mean, it's all demonic in the basis, most basic sense of the word. But, I mean, it all came from the fall. It all is part of the curse. But, like, for instance, if you have a, you've caught something that is um, contagious, then I wouldn't, you, you know, you're probably not dealing with a demon and you're the words life, health, and medicine. But sometimes when a demon has attacked our body and is bringing something, especially, you know, uh, what did, uh, I liked what Jim Hockaday said. He said, you know, if it's weird, the devil's always involved. <laughs> You know, if it's something weird, it's just like, this doesn't make sense. And, and you know, then usually there's something to do with the devil. Hallelujah. And another person said, uh, I like this too. And, uh, you know, you can apply this to government and everything. When it just doesn't make sense, and you go, how could anybody think like that? That doesn't make sense. It's always the devil. Hallelujah. And so uh, when it comes to something like that in healing where the devil uh, it might be involved, what we need is a door of utterance. Now we can bind, we can loose, we can cast out, but you know, many times we're just kind of grasping in the dark, just trying, did y'all ever try everything? Did y'all ever bind and loose and cast out and... Uh, did y'all ever do that? Hallelujah. Or am I the only one? But what's even better is to have a door of utterance and then to all of a sudden you're praying along and you just know what to command. Hallelujah. Where healing is concerned. That is powerful. So what we're talking about here is having words that pierce through. Now we can also have those in the sense of when we are praying uh, for spiritual breakthroughs, the reign of the Holy Ghost, uh, and, and, and we, we want to believe God in our prayers to have words that pierce through. Pierce through anything that's blocking. It could be something demonic that's blocking. It could be something, well, and all of this is kind of demonic. It could be something of tradition that's blocking. It could even be a person and their attitude that's blocking something. And we don't, all, we don't pray against the person, but we do pray against the Spirit, you know. Do y'all see what I mean? Now, we're not calling y'all, well, I just call curses down on you. That's not, that's, that's witchcraft. That's not, we're not supposed to be doing that. But we do, we can speak against the Spirit. Brother Hagen used to say to do it like this way. For instance, if somebody was causing a, a, a strife, in maybe in your home or something, you say, you foul spirit that's using so-and-so, I bind you in Jesus' name. Because, you know, a spirit will work through people to cause a problem. And we, what we need is utterance. We need to know how to, 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 to break through in, in problems. 
And God will give us a door of utterance in that. If we ask Him and if we're paying attention and we're listening and we're seeking Him for these things. I think we're way too general a lot of times in our Christian life and our prayers. And, you know, we're way too general. God's a lot more specific. And I think that what it takes, a, it takes being specific to win a lot of times. Amen. So we're going to look at that tonight. So go over to Hebrews 4.12. Because when I was thinking about this, this is really what God brought up to me, is uh, Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing. I like that word, piercing. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So that word uh, in there on verse 12 for word of God, word there is logos. So the logos of God is quick, that means alive, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing piercing. So the word will pierce and it pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now it's really hard to tell what is your soul and what is your spirit. We're hearing from God. It's like, okay, is this my soul? Is this my spirit? Do I buy a new car? If you smelt it, your soul's involved. If you looked at it, your soul's involved. Your wife really wants a new car. Your soul's involved. You know, okay, Lord, I'm trying to hear from you. Okay, Lord, is this right? Is this, is this timing? Oh, yeah, just, you know, <laughs> but I need to know. And the only thing that will pierce and divide asunder between soul and spirit is the Word of God. And so it does pierce and divide. So you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference between what's your spirit and what's your soul talking. And it's so important because your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, and they will get you in bad trouble. They will. They'll lead you off the wrong way. And one good, one good thing to do when you're trying to hear the will of God is to wait. Don't get in a big hurry. I always get in trouble when I get in a hurry. When I have to decide today, when it, you know, I get in a lot of trouble when I hurry. So if I slow down, because there's something about slowing down that gives the Word of God time to shine the light on everything that's not right in a situation. Uh, hallelujah. And so then um, it also divides asunder between the joints and marrow. So what I like to notice there is that when you speak the Word of God, it penetrates down to your, into your body. It even, you know, it goes into your organs. It goes into the, even down to the very marrow of your bones. It's piercing, dividing asunder, down even to the joints and marrow of your body. So it's very powerful to take God's medicine. Hallelujah. It gets down in your bones. It gets down in your being. I mean, it gets the, and the anointing on it can so get into your bones and your being so much so that uh, Elijah or Elisha, I can't ever remember which one. I think it's Elisha. They put him in the grave. Later, they throw, threw a robber in on top of him and he came to life because there was something in his bones. It was the anointing. So the more we feed on the Word, the more we speak the Word, the more we meditate on the Word, uh, the more it gets down into our bones. And it's not it's life, it's health, and it's medicine to us. It's protection for us. 
Hallelujah. And then it says it pierces to the, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, it's the only thing that can tell you whether your motives are right is the word of God. The only thing that can help us with our heart, the soul part of our heart, is uh, is the Word of God. So this is the word Logos. Now you know, and I'm, but I'm going to go over this tonight because this has to do with utterance. There are two words in the Greek for word. There's Logos, hallelujah, and then there's Rhema. We've all heard of Logos and we've all heard of Rhema. And so we need to review tonight about what that means. We've already said that Logos meant divine expression. And Rhema means utterance or command. Utterance or command. Now, there's a very simple explanation for the difference between the two. And I'm going to give you the simple explanation. Then I'm going to give you the longer explanation. The simple explanation between Logos and Rhema is that Logos is the divine general word of God. Divine, but the general word of God. It's the Bible. And Rhema is the divine specific word of God, which can come from the Bible or coming from a basis of the Bible, always from a basis of the Bible. So that's a very simple explanation, that the Logos is the general Word of God written to all of us. All the promises are to us, yea and amen. Amen. And um, and then the Rhema is a very divine, specific Word of God to a you individually. In Wikipedia, believe it or not... <laughs> They actually, you know, Wikipedia has an article of just about every, nearly everything now. Somebody wrote a very good, and I trust it probably was a spirit-filled Christian because it is very good, explanation. And they, they said, this is how Pentecostal Christians believe. And in this case, this is the right way to believe. Some Pentecostal Christians, that's us, Pentecostals, that means spirit-filled Christians. Some Pentecostal Christians view Rhema as the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to the believer at the present moment. In this sense, the Christian should be guided by the Holy Spirit as he is guided through inner feelings, impressions, dreams, visions, and signs. God's rhema, the direct words of God to the individual, can also be imparted through the words of others, such as a preacher in a worship service or a friend who counsels them. In this sense, God's direct guidance can be determined by a variety of means. The test of the authenticity of a rhema from God is simple. How does it compare to the whole scripture? Orthodox he says that God will not speak a word that contradicts his written word, the scriptures. So there is a built-in safeguard to prevent misinterpretation. Now that's their definition of rhema. Now here's the logos. By contrast, logos is typically used in scripture to refer to what God has said to his people. That is the collection of God's sayings about himself, his relationship with his creation, and his church. The logos of God is true for all time and in all places. It is easy to see how this can be interpreted both as the Bible, God's written word, and in the person of Jesus Christ, God's word in the flesh. So we have, uh, going back to the, I wanted to give you that, but going back to the simple explanation is Logos is the general word of God or the Bible, all of the promises that are revealed in the Bible, but Rhema would be a specific word to you based on the Bible, not contradicting the Bible ever. God will never say, you're supposed to leave your wife and marry this man. That rhema came from the devil. It wasn't a rhema. It was a, it was a devil talking to you, if that's what it said. 
You know, and in light of that also, if God, and I have, I've actually had to counsel somebody about this because they felt like uh, they, they needed to, they needed to leave their husband because he was being abusive. He had been abusive a long time. And this woman had prayed for years and, uh, nothing. And, and finally one day, actually she went to a marriage seminar without him, hoping to get an answer of how to make her marriage right, and the Lord released her in that marriage seminar and said, you're free to go. You can go. But the woman was very confused because also she got a, uh, and that was God, that was right. But she uh, felt like even before she left her husband that God showed her the man that would be her husband. And that's where she went wrong. Because God will never show you the next man while you still got the, that man. Because that would be against His Word. Even if you know you're going to get a divorce, even if He knows you're going to get a divorce, even if, if, if you've already planned to get the divorce, even if you uh, have the papers filed for the divorce, it's not God showing you that's your next husband. That is just your soul and flesh. And I'm telling you, when you go through a divorce, the soul and flesh goes crazy looking for something to hang on to. And a lot of times what it finds is another person. And uh, so anyway, uh, these rhema words, we, you know, I just wanted to clarify that it's got to be and it's got to be against up against the word of God. Now, let's go to Romans 10, 8. So, I bring me back to this, is that when we pray for a door of utterance for ourselves, what we're asking for is a word that pierces through. We, a lot of times what we're asking for is a rhema word. Not necessarily, and, and a rhema word, and so it's important that we understand what it is that rhema words do. Romans 10.8 And it may surprise you some of the uh, uh, places where it's the word rhema instead of logos. Like sometimes I'll try to guess when I see the word word. Now, is this rhema or is this logos? And of course, the only way you can tell is to get in a concordance and find out if it's which word it is. But um, um, and it surprises me sometimes which one, which one it is sometimes. And this is one of those places. In Romans 10, 8, what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So, and this is the Greek word rhema. So, hallelujah. Praise God. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. And then uh, over to go over to Romans 10, 17. This is... a. Uh, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I would have told you that was logos. That faith comes by logos, but it's not. It comes by rhema. So that's why sometimes people can just hear the word of God, hear the word of God, and it's not even changing their faith. Because faith comes by rhema. 
Hallelujah. In other words, there's revelation. There's got to be a, a revelation to you in it. You got to believe it for you, for it, for faith to come by it. So that's why people sit and listen to healing, 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 healing. And it's, and it's just the logos and, and the lot that the logos isn't good and we need to listen to it, but we need to be believing God. Something's got to stand out to me here. Something's got to, something's got to jar me that I can put my faith on that, that, that causes my faith to explode, that causes me to grab a hold of something. Because when you have a rhema, you can walk through hell, you can walk through fire, you can walk through burning coals, you can walk through the devils surrounding you, and you'll not be burned and you'll make it through. Hallelujah. But you need that rhema from God. Hallelujah. So if you're sick in your body, you need to be believing Him for a door of utterance and a rhema, something you can stand on. It, Pastor Buzzy say it just takes one scripture to get healed, but it's got to be that rhema. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Then 2 Thessalonians 3.1, and that'll help you get healed. Right there. It'll help us all. And I've had, you know, but now we stay on the logos till we get the rhema. Because it pierces, remember? It's not like it's not like it's not powerful. It pierces even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and to the joints and marrow. So we stay on the logos. Hallelujah. And then we and but but we need to be believing and we need to be listening for that rhema word of God. And when you have the rhema, you can go to the bank on it. Hallelujah. When that's when you uh you, and and one sometimes I'll tell you the way you can tell if a rhema's come at you is you get excited and your faith leaps. Your faith will leap up. And Brother Hagin always said, when your faith leaps, that's the time to act. Don't just sit there in your seat. You, that's when you got to jump and run. When your faith leaps up. How, you know, the Bible said he went walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. So 2 Thessalonians 3.1 says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. This is Logos. That the word will have free course. That the word will just spread all over the world. Amen. 11.3, Hebrews 11.3. Now we've been using this scripture in our prayer on Monday night because we've got, I got a revelation of this scripture. I've been reading this scripture for years, but I got a revelation this year that praise God that if we would take the prayer things that word of life was believing for and we would take and apply and find the specific scriptures for them that, that, that we could speak those scriptures corporately and we would see our prayers come to pass. And Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. That's rhema. That's rhema word. So the worlds weren't weren't framed by God reading the Bible, but he spoke rhema words, full of specific words. 
specific words. And your world will be framed by the specific words. Now, before I even know all this, I had a lot of God give me a lot of specific words. Sometimes it was like I've had God tell me, time to buy a new car. That's a rhema. He's told me that twice. I had one time I had the, I heard the Holy Ghost say, uh, sell your car. That was a rhema too. <laughs> it was a nice white Suburban. No, not white. It was tan and white. Tan and white Suburban. Paid for. Paid for. God said, go up to Lubbock and sell it and told us where to go. And that was a rhema. Told us how much to ask for it. It was a rhema. And told us to buy and finance sorry little used cavalier i just have a grudge against cavaliers ever since i'm sorry if you drive one but it's like oh, you know anyway that was a so so ramas aren't always just like oh boy that sounds fun <laughs> hallelujah and then I heard the Lord say, when, when we were moving from Tus Birmingham to Tuscaloosa, we was driving down the interstate, and the Lord said, I want to give you a new house this time. Now, I liked that rhema a lot better. It was like, whoo, good. Hallelujah. And that was direction. And so, and rhema, you know, one time for Eric, he was, when he was a baby, he needed healing in his body. And me and Pastor were standing on the Logos Word of God and speaking it every morning. And one morning, I got a rhema. I got the, uh, and, and, uh, the rhema was this, in, in, uh, in your weakness, I am made strong. He had a weakness in his body, and the Lord said, in your, we in, in, in your weakness, I am made strong. And I said, hallelujah, that's a rhema. Didn't have to think about it anymore. Don't have to do anything anymore. I've got the rhema word. We've got it. It's ours. Amen. So, you know, just in, a, in, in hundreds of areas, just a rhema word. And sometimes it's not even just a sentence either. You know, we had a, sometimes it can be more like an unction. Like one time coming home from Texas, we had this unction come on us to tear that wall out that was right back there. Just had unction. It was like a rhema word. It was direction. It was Hallelujah. And so you're looking for these. Are you, I want, here's why I'm preaching this. I want you to not only pray for a door of utterance, I want you to start looking for the rhema word that God's going to speak to you. And some of you need one right now in specific areas, maybe for children, maybe for um, hallelujah. And sometimes God's rhema word to you might be don't say anything to your husband. That might, that's the one, the why we don't want to hear that. It's like, yeah, but I wanted to tell him what he's doing wrong. <laughs> a lot of times, as wives, when we think our husband's doing something wrong, really he's not. It's us that's wrong. You know, that is hard to say. It is hard to admit, but it's really the truth. Wow, wow. That was hard to say. Wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. I'll try not to say that again. Anyway, um, Luke one thirty eight. if you'd go there. So, you know, this rhema can always, can be, it can, sometimes it can make us really happy. It should make us happy all the time because it's really the answer. But sometimes it's, it just sounds more fun than others, doesn't it? Luke one thirty eight. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to, to thy word. 
be it according. That's Rhema. You know, that angel came with a specific word just for her. Never been spoken to anybody else since and never will be. That a virgin was going to conceive and have a child by the Holy Ghost. That would, would y'all agree that was Rhema? That that was specific? That was divine? And it's not going to be repeated. That's why you can't necessarily take. Now we can, sometimes the Holy Ghost will, somebody will share something they got and we'll be quickened by it and we'll go, that's it, that's my answer. But sometimes we can't just take every word and say, well, you know, like for instance, the Lord said, tell me, Debbie, if you'll give $500, I'll give you, I'm going to bring 5000 back to you by the weekend. Well, now everybody in here couldn't take that word and run with it because that was specific to me. Hallelujah. Now, because if we would, if that would work for everybody, we, you know, we could sell that idea or something and we could get all, we could pay the church off soon. Just say, you know, if you'll just come here and get $500 by the weekend, you'll have 5000 And man, I tell you, wouldn't that be fun? And by the way, leave your tithe. I mean, we'd have to add that. But that does, well, that's not how it works, is it? That would be more of a, that's a specific rhema to me. And uh, sometimes, though, I have been quickened by something somebody else said. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 2.29. Just go over a page. I'm going to have to wind this up. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. That is, that is a rhema. And it literally means in the NIV, it says, as you have promised. As you have promised. As you have promised. And sometimes God will take a scripture, a scripture, a passage of scripture. I know uh, um, when we were at home in Seminole and we were seeking God because we knew change, something was changing in our ministry, wasn't sure what. And so pastor decided, well, we were going to come to Birmingham on vacation, Alabama in July. Uh, it's a wonder we ever got here after that. But anyway, so uh, that I remember one night I was in the bed just reading my Bible and I no particular place. I don't know why, but I happened to go over to Joshua and all of a sudden God just lit up Joshua. And when it says to go in and to scout out the land and I knew that we were coming to uh, Birmingham to scout out the land. And there were several scriptures in that passage in Joshua that, that um, really jumped out at me, and I knew it was a rhema to me. Now, I'll tell you the mistake I've made, because I've had that happen on scriptures many times. But what I tend to do is, I, you know, maybe this scripture right here will jump out at me, so I'll try to read the whole chapter and try to make it apply. And most time it, it's just that one scripture that'll apply. And if you get too weird on that, you'll have your babies dying and, 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 you know, cutting the heads of somebody off or, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so you, you, you know, this, a lot of times God just, He's not trying to tell you a whole paragraph in your whole life. He just wants to give you that little encouragement, that little rhema for that day that'll really, you know, God will give you words like that just to hold you steady. Hallelujah. And then we sometimes get a word, a rhema, you know, and we, a lot of times we get spoken to prophetically by a prophet, but many times um, we don't retain all of it, but something about it will particularly stand out to us. I know uh, Steve Sampson told us that God's going to lay a beautiful silver key in our hand. 
And then he's going to cause that which has been reserved for us to be open to us. And boy, that part just stood out to me. And I've just said that over and over and just claimed it. I, I bought me a silver key to wear around my neck just so I can remember it. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like, and, and when, you know, I don't have, if I get a, the least bit discouraged, I just say, oh, thank you, Lord, you're giving us a beautiful silver key. You're going to lay it right in Pastor Nye's hands, and you're going to cause that which you promised to be made available to us or to be open to us. Hallelujah. And so I love, I love that just hanging on to that, to that, and just, it just really helps you walk through. It helps you keep on going. It just keeps you steady in the storm and in the fire. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And that has happened so many times to us. So many words that we hung on to. And then, you know, so it comes to the place you got to have the next word. Well, we could go on looking at Ramus, but I want us to pray for a door of utterance tonight. So let's stand up together. I believe you caught it. We don't have to belabor the point, do we? You've got it. So let's pray for a door of utterance to be opened. You pray it how you need it. If it's a door of utterance in prayer, you need to know how to pray for somebody. Or maybe you know you have a call to pray. If it's a door of utterance that you need to say something to a friend, but you don't know how to say it, and you don't know if it's time to say it, and uh, you, you pray about the door of utterance, okay? And then it, let's pray for doors of utterance for the gospel to go forth. And let's pray, hallelujah, for a door of utterance. I've been, here's how, another way I've been applying it. Lord, I pray you open a door of utterance into Word of Life Church and, and bring somebody in to speak that can help us go to the next level. Because that would be an open door of utterance, wouldn't it? Amen. So let's pray, hallelujah.